pleased at what I am. I say what I think that the company stinks. Yes, I'm a union man. When we meet in the local hall, I'll be voting with them all. With the head of a shout, it's out, brothers out, and the rise of the factories fall. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Union fans. This is Chris Straub Wallace, your host for Zolo Talk, Sound of the Union Fan. We're brought to you again this week by our friends at phillysoccerpage.net, our partner in Zolo Talk. Those guys have been fantastic in providing Zolo Talk a uh, environment where we can continue the conversation around all things Union. So a big thank you to those guys. Hope everybody's having a good week out there. Uh, a little bit of news as we started the beginning of the week with a loss, unfortunately, in Dallas. Uh, it feels a little bit like Groundhog's Day. Union dominated possession, have more shots, um, but not really able to come out with anything positive in terms of points. So here we are, sitting at the end, of, almost at the end of April. Uh, the Union have played six games. They have five points. The last win coming in the season opener against the New England Revolution. This weekend, the Union are going to face D.C. United, who uh, most people would probably uh, call maybe the worst team in the MLS at this point. Um, They are kind of in between uh, from a talent standpoint, where they don't have it all figured out on the field, and they have a new stadium currently under construction, so their games have been played an alternative space as well. So uh, if you're thinking, Union fans, that things could get worse, just uh, remember that, you know, Southbound 95, things aren't great down there as well. So uh, we come into the I-95 Derby, I guess you could call. Um, we could also say that about the New York Red Bulls. But come into the weekend's game, it seems like a some low-hanging fruit as far as points are concerned. Hopefully the Union can pick up three points this week. In Jim Curtin's weekly press conference on Wednesday afternoon, he continued to show confidence in his side, uh, stating that they're going to keep doing the things that they've been doing uh, and hoping that the result gets better. Um, I think that can be viewed as you know a coach that thinks that they've been uh, executing the game plan, unfortunately haven't been able to get goals. Uh, it is also the definition of insanity. So we're going to find out which it is. And I'm hopeful as a Union fan, like those of us who are out, the rest of us who are out there, um, that the answer is that the breaks just haven't been there for the Union yet as far as scoring goals, and uh, we're about to see the floodgates open up a little bit. Uh, on this week's episode of Zola Talk, we welcome back a good friend of the podcast, Jesse Macbeth. He's going to be talking all things Union with us, uh, running down all the things happening around the Union and getting a feel for uh, what can we expect, um, what's going on with the front office, and formation-wise, and a lot of other things. So hopefully you'll enjoy, and we'll get into that conversation right after this break. Thanks. Okay, so we are back now on Zola Talk. We have a guest with us this week, Jesse Macbeth, joining us again for the second time. Jesse, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, Starting off uh, Tuesday... Uh, one of the union beat writers, Jonathan Tanewald, I always try to give credit to these guys because I'm not a journalist in <laughs> nor, any way. Nor am I. Yep. So I'm more of a follower, and I think it's important that those guys get um, all the recognition possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a chance to speak with Ernie, uh, Ernie Stewart, mm-hmm. and um, Ernie expressed a vote of confidence or a vote of support. Uh, you surprised? 
I'm not surprised, no. I think Ernie, I wasn't also not surprised. He just had one word, and that was it, and he wasn't going to talk about it any more than that. I think that's probably all we're going to get out of him until uh, we, if we ever do make a change. I don't think it's going to, we're not going to get any news until that happens, I think. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, at six games now, five points. Mm-hmm. There's not even like a lean of that. You know, the results have to be a little bit better. Um, and it keeps talking about you know when you start making those changes. If you change the formation, you start tinkering. You change the coach, you end up getting re- relegated. I mean, it, let's. I guess you have to wait a little longer in the season to figure out if you're low enough. Are they too inflexible as far as the? Um, formation goes at this point. I, I started wondering that last year, um, but I, I, I want to say no right now. Surprisingly, I, I really think again it's just that cliche of we're just not finishing our chances. I, I this is the only stat I have for you coming in. Um, I'm going to pull this out of my pocket here. I heard recently on the um, MLS Extra Time podcast, uh, one of those guys said that uh, we have the highest like difference in expected goals so we should be giving up the least and should be scoring the most and that's just not how it's working out um so that makes me think we we yeah we should be doing better but um that's so union we're not that is so union yeah uh that's interesting i mean they they dominate in possession every Mm -hmm. week um they have more shots it seems like but I've started to look at the possession, and not of all, not a lot of it is like positive moving, like with a meaning. Right. It's a lot of moving along the back line, switching sides, but a lot of guys with their back to goal. Um, and I just don't know. I mean, I heard him say the same thing. You know, the, the stats look great, <laughs> uh, but I wonder. I mean, how much longer can you go um, before you start to think about a change? And so, brings me to my next question okay. for you. Okay. Uh, we'll go game by game. So right. next game we have Saturday night uh, or Saturday afternoon. Yeah, three thirty. Three thirty against DC. Your expectation or your prediction? My prediction. Um, <laughs> I think we're gonna win. I think that every time though. So we will see. Um, as far as lineups, I think we're gonna roll out the same lineup. I do not expect a change right now. Uh, I think if we blow it this week, then I would maybe see expect to see a change or two. Yeah, DC, I think, the worst record right now in MLS. Yeah. Um, so I, I also thought with that game coming up, and going back to Ernie Stewart, there was a good chance that there wasn't going to be a change um, or that he would try to push confidence because this is probably your week where you're thinking this is a given. We're at home. Um, I think the weather should be good on Saturday. Yeah. Friday's supposed to be a little gnarly, but Saturday should be good. This is maybe a chance to kind of turn the tide. Maybe the floodgates open up. So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I win. Um, next game after that, Columbus on the road. Mm-hmm. How many points? <clears throat> All right, my head tells me zero. My heart tells me one. Um, I, we've played okay at Columbus previously, and I think we have the the bones of a team that can hunker down on the road and maybe we steal that first goal and we can grind it out. Maybe it's 1-1. One, one. Um but, man, I mean, if you just look at the way we're playing so far through the season, I don't know how you can truthfully expect any points from Columbus. Yeah, and on the road. Yep. The Union have a big difficulties on the road. I think it's been years since they won a game on the road. So <laughs> I'm with you. Again, I think they should. I mean, on paper, it makes sense. They should be able to do it. Uh, but we've got to see the goal starting going. And then we finish with tonight's contest. We have Toronto in the CONCACAF Champions League final. Yep. Second leg. 
And we go to Toronto on the road, uh, which I believe will be at least two weeks after this game, so this team should be rested again. Yep. How many points do we take from that one? That's a big old zero right there, for sure. (laughs) Exactly what you were saying. I think win or lose tonight, Toronto's going to kind of regroup, and then they're going to actually start taking MLS season seriously. And that's probably right around the time they're going to say, let's let's score five or six and just get the season going. So we could be in trouble. So if we've gotten four points, let's say... Let's say we get one of the draws in the away legs. We win at home. We're now at nine points through nine matches. Yeah. Um, still probably not on the road to the playoffs. True. And certainly not to like uh, um, the Supporters Shield or nope. uh, the MLS Cup Championship. So, um, what would you say, maybe first or second choice that you would say it's time to, if you're going to tinker with the lineup, what would be your first move that you would say that you would replace somebody? This is hard because I think our best player who's not starting is Corey Burke, but I don't want to switch CJ immediately. I think if I'm taking somebody off, I I guess it's Fafa. I, I'm I'm just I saw more flashes of him getting looks that I feel like he should be putting on frame, and it's just not happening. Um, but I know he was suspended for those three games, so maybe we got to give him another run. I think maybe maybe Fontana's got to come in, which you yeah. really don't want to see. Why but not? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, Fafa, I like. Obviously, he's got killer speed, yeah. um, but his touch is really not there just yet. As far as the attack goes, if I think if I think you're right, if if it's still not working, I think they're going to go to Fafa before they go to Sapong uh, or Akam, especially since yeah. they just invested so much in Akam. Exactly. But I feel like Akam's just been on a no man's land. Uh, I don't know if the formation fits him. Yep. Or if it was that in Chicago, um, they had players around him that kind of helped support or create more space for him. Yeah. But I just I just don't see him. He's pressing a little bit for the goal. But I agree. I'd like to see Burke in there. Yeah. But how do you make how do you make that change? Yeah, especially if we're not switching formation. You yeah, know? you're still one up top, so I would be pretty much like be bringing CJ then off the bench. And I think Curtin said, you know, that for sure Sapong and David Akam are going to be in the starting lineup this week. There was no uh, press conference available. Generally, it's like available Wednesday afternoon, so I try to listen in for a couple yeah. uh, snippets this week, but uh, nothing there. So, I'm thinking like you like Burke getting on the field. Yep, definitely. Which I like as well. Um, even two games ago, I don't think he was even even in the 18. Yeah, uh, against Believe Orlando. Right. Yep. Um, after that, how do you feel so far about the midfield of Burke, Dachkal, Manujanin, and Bedoya? Yeah, I, I'm not loving the uh, just sort of like obvious frustration that we're seeing, especially from Bedoya. I mean, it, it can't be much fun being out there right now. It just feels like we need s- something to change. And it, I mean, maybe we catch a break this weekend, we, we win and we're, we're not talking about this anymore, but it's just hard to understand why if we're in this funk, how are we not getting Derek Jones into that lineup in some way, shape or form? Yeah. I mean, with as young as that back four is, to have no defensive midfielder in there pitted in between, it's kind of crazy to me. I mean, I get kind of learning through the difficulties. You know, you're growing up. I'm all for it. Yeah. But they have no help there. I mean, if one of those guys, I think Trusty, he presses in the Orlando game. Yep. Too late. He yep. gets beat. And then they're on the counter. Harris can't get back to support them. Yeah. Um, but Jones is not even in the 18 these days. Which is, I mean, I guess it's all, it's all the way that they run it, you know, is like, Who's, who's showing in practice. So I guess he's not showing in practice. It's just a strange kind of deviation from the the youth movement that they seem to be really pushing for. But 
Maybe he knows he's not even close. Like, even if he plays as well as he can in practice, he's not going to sniff the 11. So maybe he's not giving his all in practice. Who knows? Yeah, uh, he may be kind of disenfranchised with yeah. the process at this point. Yeah. You know, uh, to steal a little from the Sixers. <laughs> uh, because, right, he started last season in the opener, a few games he was playing. Yep. Looked great. And then just gone. Yeah. I mean, uh, so. Kind of disappointing because I thought that he was really going to be someone who's going to step up, and I thought he played pretty well. Yeah. In those games, I think he might have gotten hurt or had a concussion, and he and he lost a little bit then. But you know, if you get through those three games without that many points, you may see a lot of those younger guys starting to play more. That's true. Why not at that point? Yeah. Right. Because how do you make? You know, I was thinking about this too. Is let's say how do you really change things in the MLS? I mean, I guess you could change by trade. Yeah. You could wait for the summer window, which I think is in July. Mm-hmm. But if they wait for July, and this is still going on to make a big change like that, uh, I think it might be too late. Yeah, we can't lose. We lost last season because we just we didn't do anything in the first like third of the season. It was yeah. already over by then, and which is still very much like what's happening. Right could now. happen right now, and um, you know our ownership. We're not we're not spending in the summer. We're not we're not yeah. picking up anybody in the summer. Not not without letting go of somebody first. So, um, who knows? This is a tough spot to be in. Yeah, it's. It's really unpredictable. I mean, the fact that they're not making a lot of changes, they're sticking with the lineup. I do understand, you know, the metrics look positive. Um, but another wild card is that I think most people assume that Ernie Stewart has interviewed for the yeah. United States men's national team as the general manager. Yep. Um, I don't even know where that would leave this team right now. I mean, I don't know from a day-to-day standpoint, but also how do you – make a change from a coach. And I think they're going to make a decision pretty soon. How do you, is it better to make the change for Ernie to leave with Jim here? Let's say that's the case. Yeah. I, don't know, I hope he doesn't get fired. Yeah. I, that's pet peeve of mine. Can't stand telling people, saying that people should be fired. Agreed. Um, so do you, if you're going to make that change, is it even irresponsible to make a change prior to somebody else moving into that space? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it just feels that feels like a panic reaction. Mm. Like maybe it could work, but maybe it wouldn't. I, I just I can't see that doing enough to, to warrant that. At least I would give him to the end of the season, at the very least. Okay, I, I'm with you. I mean, at this point, these players are all here. Yeah, you know, I do wonder if um, a formation change, but I'm not even sure that it's Jim Curtin's decision. I mean, they talk about the formation being the same in the academy. Yeah, exactly. Through the first team, so. so Maybe that's not even in the works. You know, they're t- they're saying the same things all the way through. Well, we'll just find other people, play players, um, to take care of those chances. A little concerning, yeah. um, but nonetheless, if you, you know, side note from the union, but kind of with it. How do you feel about Ernie Stewart as the United States Men's National Team general manager, knowing him from his tenure here with the union? I think it fits. The thing is, is I've been trying to figure out exactly what the responsibilities of the U.S. general manager would be because. It doesn't seem like he would have as much control over over that organization as he does with the union. It, from if I'm understanding it correctly, I think he really would just be in charge of just the senior team and really hiring that coach and kind of just managing that that person. So I, I think his skill set, I would think, would be better utilized, kind of running an entire organization. So if they're not going to fully give him the reins. I don't want to see him go sort of selfishly, but I would also think he he might not want to go for that unless he gets um, maybe more control. Yeah, I mean, he's got full control here in the union, so uh, it's a good deal there. However, he may think that 
you know, this is a good opportunity with the resources he has here with the union. Like, really, what's the pinnacle? What's the best case scenario for Ernie Stewart? That's a good point. And how long would it take for him to get there? Um, one of my concerns about the uh, – so if we're talking about kind of the academy, how players are brought through and how Ernie's developing uh, our academy and how he would have developed the United States men's national team – there's no seemingly uh, attacking players coming through the academy. Um, I think Aronson plays for the Bethlehem Steel. Yep. Uh, he got hurt. I think he had a concussion a week or two ago. I'm starting to watch these Bethlehem Steel mm-hmm. games. Um, <laughs> but not like there's no strikers that you hear about. But it seems like they just keep defenders are falling off the truck. Yeah. You know, like they're just one after another. We're so heavy in the back. But um, is that a concern that we don't have any of those replacements? It's because we're Philly tough. We only produce defenders, I think. No, I, I don't understand why that, that um, is the way it is. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, CJ had a great year last year. We feel like we're doing well. The first team, maybe we'll keep kind of filling in those holes through that way. But, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see an exciting prospect or two that you think, okay, a few years down the line, he can be a guy we can rely on. doesn't seem like we have that right now. Yeah. I mean, Fontana, maybe at the 10, yeah. but I feel like when he like when we were starting to talk about repl- a 10 coming in before Dodgecall showed up, it was, well, we'll play Fontana there, but he's really not as much a 10 as he was like an 8 right. or 6. Right. Yeah, and he can fit. He can, he can do a job, but is he yeah. that pure? To, yeah, exactly. So... We have all these pieces, but our, maybe they don't fit perfectly. Yes. So have we built a team of pieces that don't quite fit what the, the formation that we're going to continue to push out there? Right. I mean, that's – I don't know. I don't – maybe maybe our academy is just firing on all cylinders and that will work. But what it looks like from the top is that, yes, we're producing pieces that maybe don't quite fit the system we have. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, I don't, listen, I'm, I'm not somebody who's built teams before. Yeah, right. So I, I do wonder, like, is this the type of, like, are we putting the car before the horse? Like, should we be figuring out what type of players we have and then deciding on the formation How from to use there? Them. Yeah. You know, like, I, like bas- you know, growing up in basketball, or just the thought of it, you know, you go through junior high, right? The coaches all teach the same three plays. <laughs> then you get to the next level. Coaches, you know, talk about the same three plays. Yep. Um, but basketball is a little more scripted, you know. You, there's the, the same things. You, you, everybody. There's five players on the on the court for each team. Um, you get to your spots, and depending on the defense you see, you know, if the defense changes, like I, I feel like now all we see is five, six defenders parked inside the 18, giving us the space on the wings, and just saying, try to find CJ. Yeah, we dare you. Yeah, yeah, and it's. So I mean, are we building? I mean, listen, I'm not trying to say Ernie's doing his job wrong, but a part of me does wonder, like. Are we building the formation? Is everything should everything be built around our talent instead of the formation? I mean, it's a good thought. The thing is, is I'm, I'm trying to think of even in the recent past, if we replace Dashkal with uh, Barnetta, are we top five in the East? If we had Nogueira on the team still, are we just so much better? Like, is it just we had a piece and we thought, ooh, here's a good replacement, and the replacement just quite didn't fit? Mm-hmm. But it was close. I mean, is it is it just a case of we got really close a few times, but now it's not quite right? Yeah. I heard Curtin say something like, uh, Dodge Call, the players around Dodge Call are, are, haven't gotten used to his quality yet. Yeah. Which, I mean, I like blew my mind when I heard that. Because, I mean, it, it's been a rough first few games for, for Dodge Call at this point. And I, 
it, it hasn't seemed to me that like the players aren't connecting in the right spaces. He must be seeing something in practice that we're not, I guess. I feel like Curtin loves the practice <laughs> situation. I mean, I, he, I'm sure he's a hard worker. I mean, he's a Philly guy. Yeah. You know, went to Villanova, probably just been grinding forever, played, you know, at Chicago. Yeah. But I feel, I'm wondering if he just doesn't put so much weight into what's happened on the practice field. Um, because I, if you look at the games, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Dodge Cole's doing it just yet. Um, I agree. Difficult to, difficult to, to understand. Yep. Um, let's say Dodge Call, another tough game against DC. Uh, are you ready to start working towards Fontana? I think so. And, and, you know, maybe it's not a permanent thing. Maybe you toss him in there. You say, Dodge Call needs some time to still get acclimated. We're going to give Fontana a shot. Maybe that doesn't work out. Maybe we switch some more things up. I mean, I'm still kind of maybe hanging on to this idea of Bedoya on the wing. Maybe we get we get a Derek Jones in the midfield, and who knows? I mean, put Il Senio at the ten. Do I don't know. Just try something because I I like that we're giving our guys a chance, and it looks like we're right there, and maybe we'll produce. But like we said, we we don't want to realize, wow, it's June, and but the season's over because we've lost so many points. Yeah, it'll get real depressing. At, P- at PPL Park. PPL Park, yeah. RIP, yeah. Talon Energy, <laughs> Talon Stadium. Energy Stadium. I don't know if I'll ever really refer to it as Talon Energy Stadium. I refuse Stadium. to, actually. Yeah. Don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite, um, but I understand it. You know, it's corporate sponsorship. You go with whatever you, you got there. Um, you know, outside of those pieces, um, I'm hopeful that Jack Elliott joins the, you know back in this week um, because I think we need a little bit of stability there. Agreed. Um, how do you feel about left back at this point. Did you like Gaddis coming back in for Matt Real? I think Ray Gaddis is possibly the best human being we have on the team. It is a hard, tough spot to say something bad about Ray Gaddis. Always brutal. However, I would prefer not to see him start another game for us this year. You don't love him at le- You don't love the right-footed left back Don't that can't get up the field? Nope. Um, I understand he's a good insurance piece to have, but uh, no, I would just prefer, even if it's Fabinho, just keep Gaddis on the bench. He's a good safety valve, I think. I agree. I think Gaddis is a guy who should always be in the 18, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know if he gives anything going forward. Um, and uh, the way the team wants to play, you need that. Very difficult yep. if he's just gonna, if he's going to hang back. Um, so I hear you. Um, so DC this weekend, looking forward to it. You going down? I'm going down. Nice. 3.30. There's supposed to be pretty good weather Saturday. I'm right? ready. Finally. Solid. Well, I appreciate you coming by. <laughs> Thank you. And spending some time, and we'll definitely have you back. I love it. All right. Have a good one. All right, so that'll do it for this week's episode of Zola Talk Sound of the Union Fan. Big thank you to Jesse Macbeth for joining the program once again. Thank you to you, the listener, for joining uh, and listening into um, our conversation here about all things union. Uh, the goal of this podcast really is to provide uh, fans of the union who want to just hear more and more about the U, hear some different takes, um, just some basic conversation, uh, you know, just provide more content where we can. And so I hope that you're enjoying the podcast. Please, if you're out there and uh, you, know, you have anything that you want to reach out to um, us about or anything that specifically you would like us to talk about, on the program here, feel free to email us at zolotalk2020 
2010 at gmail.com. Uh, or you can send us a message on Twitter. And uh, we'll be happy to respond to you or to bring those questions uh, up on the podcast. Our Twitter uh, handle is TalkinZolo, T-A-L-K-I-N-Z-O-L-O. So for all those out there who have been listening, have a great week. Have a great uh, weekend. Enjoy the Union DC game. Uh, and go you. Have a good one. Shout, it's out, brothers out, and the rise of the factories fall.